ready? And three, two, one. 70s porno music. Welcome to the Interesting Podcast, where we know a little about a lot. We're your hosts. I'm Annika. I'm Paige. And I'm drunk. I am getting there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but why? Why are we drunk? We are talking about prohibition. Which would probably make sense if we were more sober. Yeah. For this. It's true. (laughs) We really went with like the opposite. We're like in the mirror effect. We're like us. Sorry, I said that. If you've ever seen the movie Us, it doesn't make any sense to you. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, that was kind of a spoiler. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Or did I see the other one? Get Out? There's. I saw Get Out. I haven't seen Us. Good. Get Out, there was like a tinge of, I could see it. And then... The way you just looked, like your eyes right now into my eyes was very much that. Yeah, we're together right now. We're together in the same room. Spiritually. spiritually. We're touching. Awkwardly. It's whatever. It's not awkward for me. Joking, I'm joking. Her hands are so soft. I told her this last night. But then it's because she's not feeling my calluses. (laughs) (laughs) That was awkward. (laughs) She she just rubbed my calluses. (laughs) It's because I lift weights. I'm not doing weird things. What else would cause calluses on your hands, though? If you're maybe hard labor, hard labor. Yeah, I haven't had to do community service in a while, ever, ever, ever. Well, <laughs> I've never had an MIP. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> but we just brought it back to alcohol, which is so crazy. <laughs> because this is our podcast today. It has alcohol. If you're looking for like a really good in depth. Report on prohibition so you can do this for, like, a class speech. This is not it. Honestly, though, if you use this for a class speech and you cite us, I think I'll die happy. Me too. To be in someone's bibliography is a goal. Okay, my 2020 manifestation. <laughs> to be used in a bibliography. Also, um, if you're over this already, just hold on because... <laughs> We put all of our segment start times in the episode description, so just hop to it down there. Okay, she beat me to it because I was so excited to be like, and in case you don't care about our banter, this is not the episode for you. <laughs> that too. <laughs> because, but you can skip ahead to the information that we'll be slaying later. I feel like I have a lot of vocal fry right now. I'm like, hello. <laughs> I <am>. I, <laughs> I like I'm like Lizzie McGuire and like ah. If you say Kardashian three times right now, Chris Jenner will appear. Kardashian. I honestly like. Would you be mad if Chris Kardashian appeared? <laughs> Chris Kardashian. Chris Jenner <laughs> appeared because she has a tendency to make moguls out of nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Vail Resorts. So like. <laughs> I'm here for those skiing jokes. <laughs> I'm so upset. I have to edit this later. Oh, okay. I, 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 I 
It's hard for me to answer that because you know how I feel about the Kardashians. But but as a marketer and a I human really... who would like to be rich. <laughs> and a human who would like Paige to get to a boob job. <laughs> Two different priorities in that sentence and I think everyone should take account of that. Hanukkah thinks that I need to prioritize a boob job, which I'm pretty sure my boyfriend would agree with. <laughs> I think I need to prioritize my student loans. <laughs> Whatever, guys. Whatever. It's fine. I mean, I don't have to look at her student loans as long as Anyway, I don't even remember what we're talking about. Prohibition. Oh, yeah. But, like, never mind. Okay. Um. So, yes. Talking about prohibition, we're going to have a very brief history of it. But specifically, we're going to be talking about how it led to organized crime, uh, some not so thing. Some not-so-great things the government did. <laughs> and we're still going to be taking shots, so I promise you, this is only going to get worse. <laughs> but cite us. <laughs> Don't do that plagiarism shit. Yeah. Yeah, we're not here for the plagi- the plagiarisms. I almost got kicked out of college because somebody plagiarized off of me. What? Oh, yeah. I for- this is in Northern Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. I forgot about this. Yeah. That was wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was innocent, but I had to prove my innocence, and it was pretty easy to do so. But there was a second because I was trying to transfer to CU, mm-hmm. and I was like, this might not happen. Did she cop to it? She cop to she it. She cop to it. Good for her, at least. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do that and it's going to affect somebody else's life, then you got to And I appreciate – I know you don't listen, but I appreciate you for doing that. Yeah. And I appreciate you as a human being. I think you're still amazing. I think you're really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway – other than recording this podcast, Paige, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done while intoxicated? Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, so many stories to choose from. I think I'm going to have to go with some, nope, with one <laughs> that involved us both. Actually, most of mine involve us both. Mm-hmm. But this one is especially hysterical because it happened at Annika's wedding. <laughs> okay. It was a great time. Annika threw this beautiful wedding in Bailey, Colorado on like a private property. So we were allowed to bring whatever booze we wanted and how much we wanted. And so like we had Mike and I supplied beer, wine, beer, wine, champagne. But we were like empanadas, (laughs) lots of food. But we're like, if you want hard alcohol, like feel free to BYOB. And boy, did we take that invitation seriously. They were making margaritas for everybody. <laughs> no, nobody else took this as seriously as we did. And we thought for sure everyone else was going to show up with boxes of liquor like we did. Nope, it was just us. <laughs> but it was fine. So we brought like, handles of vodka, rosé vodka. We brought tequila. We brought Red Bull chasers. <laughs> we brought it all. We did not. And on, it was like. Thirty dollars per person. It not a big deal. So it was. That's pretty amazing. So perfect. And I got it for free. Yeah, she got it for free, and so did all the rest of the wedding party or the wedding. Everybody. But honestly, it was so much fun. I had a great time. I had spilt vodka all down my dress before we were even introduced. So my lovely date Samuel uh, blow dry my dress for me while I stood there. 
Yeah, she was a bridesmaid, so she had a lot of responsibility. I did, I did. So it really included um, not dropping the dog down the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was in charge of, okay, so my dogs were in my wedding. Yeah. And she had to walk one of them down the aisle, and it was difficult in heels. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that out there. Well, and the reason why it was difficult, honestly, was because he was drugged so severely. Because normally he is wild, and we had to uh, put him on sedatives. They put him on sedatives, and it was completely understandable. But at this point, it was like dragging him, or then he would wake up very suddenly and drag me. But it was fine. It really wasn't that big of a deal. I was terrified. It was gonna be way worse. And I love Kylo, but we get sufficiently hammered we're having so much fun dancing um and it comes to the end of the night and i'm holding my phone in my hand and i don't know if you have iphones and if you don't you better be listening on spotify um if you do have iphones please go rate and review us subscribe so i'm holding my hand in my 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 hand in my hand no (laughs) i'm holding my phone in my hand and i'm like okay great we're leaving the the night's come to a close what a great time our friend's little brother we paid him to come pick us up from the from the venue and go take us back to the hotel it's great and I'm holding my phone so tightly because I'm four-wheeling over the terrain in my wedged heels that hurt I um apparently pushed the like SOS button a few too many times and it even counts you down it makes a noise and it counts down till like from 10 to 1 to call 911 and uh, I didn't hear it and then all of a sudden we're in the car and I hear 911 911 operator what's your emergency and I'm like <gasps> and I looked down at my phone I'm like I just called 911 so then everybody else who's equally as hammered in the back suddenly realizes the gravity of the situation and one of them my friend Sam who I brought as my date is screaming hang up hang up Hang up. So I do. I'm like, you didn't ah. even say anything. No, I didn't say oh, anything. No. Also, there was not a lot of service out there. There was so, not. So to say anything, you're just been like, and um, yeah, that was my live recall. Um, so I just hang up immediately, and I don't really don't think anything's gonna come of it. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's no way. There's no way they know where we are. Um, so then <laughs> I get back to the hotel and I immediately pass out, and I wake up. And see that I have, like, five missed calls from your mom, from you. Like, I don't even know who else. From I think from the police. And the voicemail I have from Monica's mom. I might still have it. So maybe we'll post a recording of it. Oh, my God. Hi, Paige. Um, I'm just a little concerned because the cops have shown up at the venue and they're looking for you. Um, I just want to make sure everything's okay. And... I was there when they arrived, and it was like Mike and I were trying. We we're just trying to go to bed. We had an early flight out the next morning to go on our honeymoon, and all of a sudden, this cop pulls up. He's like, "I'm looking for a page," <laughs> and we all have no idea what the hell is going on. Call the cops on myself. So then, um, they, you know, they wise up and like, "Well, we know she's staying at this hotel, so go there." So I'm at the hotel and I pass out and there's like I would knock on the door and boy Sam he like immediately knows where who this is, so he wakes me up and he's he says you gotta go talk to them you have to go talk to them I'm like all right that's fair, so I go and talk to them I'm like I promise you I'm not lying like I I'm completely fine I just hit my hand we had to like prove to some extent that it was it was an accident 
Did they not know what? the thing? Huh? That if you hit the side button five times, they it causes do. Cops? They, I think they do, but it, I, the, the added aspect of voice him screaming in the background for me to hang up, him the one also being there with me when they, right, when they knocked on the door. So we had to have like two other people come up and tell them it was a complete accident. Uh, I had to sign something. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> just saying it was a complete accident. And yeah, I was like, I'll never happen again. But then it did at a Bronco game, like no less than three months later. So it's fine. But yeah, so I, I called the cops on Annika's wedding. It was fun. It was eventful. We thought we were getting a noise violation when the cops pulled up. We're like, oh fuck. And but the thing was, the party was already over. So yeah. we're like, you prove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Annika, do tell yours. So many to choose from. All of my fun I've ever had was with you. Like, alcohol fun. I don't really drink it. Like, this is the first time I've been drunk in a very long time. This time right this, now? Yes, right now. Monica gets terrible migraines, so that's why. So, she's yeah. – we're really – we're pulling out all of the stops here. We are. This was our idea, by the way. It was. <laughs> my funeral. <laughs> you cry if I want to. <laughs> so, the one I've picked for today. Okay. Very short summary. I broke my foot, and to make me feel better, I drunk dialed Zach Galifianakis. Oh, forget about that. So, long story. <laughs> really hot summer night. Okay. Hot girl summer. Can we use names here? Like, does do certain people spouses know about certain? Oh yeah, I'm sure Kelly knows. Okay. <laughs> this, this is the one episode she listens to. <laughs> Who, when it becomes critically acclaimed, we're on today's show. <laughs> this episode is sponsored, by the way. Or Good Morning America, your viewership's bigger. Yeah. Um. So, uh, super hot summer day, and Paige and I lived in this house in college that was sectioned off into apartments, and there was just a bunch of people that lived there, and it was a good time. And but it was really hot inside, no AC, and we're like, let's just go outside because it's a little bit cooler out there. But we were drinking, so we were slightly intoxicated at this point. It was what we like to call Kenya Tuesday. A long backstory we won't get into. Yeah. Um. But it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. Just like today. It's a Tuesday. I didn't believe her. We're semi-retired. It's fine. (laughs) Just kidding. I hate my life. Welcome to therapy with Annika and Paige. Uh, okay, so anyway, we were walking around campus because what else do you do when you're drunk on a Tuesday? We went to see you Boulder. It's beautiful. It's not – and then it was in the middle of the summer. Yes, so there's nobody there. And we were on Farron Field, and which is a really big field, and the sprinklers were going off, and we're like – what sounds better right now? Because we're so hot. We're like, what sounds better right now than just like streaking through the sprinkler? Yeah, obviously. Obviously, we so. we were like twenty years old. Everything was still pointing up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then after Paige's boob job, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm kidding, guys. Yeah. Paige is beautiful. She's no. She does not need anything. Okay. <laughs> um, she brought up the boob job first before we even were recording, or maybe it was when we were recording the last episode. I don't know. We've just been around each other too much today, and I need a break. <laughs> I don't. I love you. Stay in my life forever. Marry me. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck, this story's taking forever. Okay, 
So we went streaking on Fair and Feel with our roommate, JJ. And Paige and I devised this plan that we were going to steal JJ's clothes like the parent trap. JJ's is like six foot eight monster, okay? He has a very long stride. So we're like, this is the plan. We're going to run. We're going to get to half field. And while JJ's ahead of us, we're going to pivot. And we're going to go back and we're going to steal his clothes. And we're going to run. And that was the plan. And it kind of worked because we got to half field. But there was a sprinkler right there I didn't see. And as I was about to pivot, my foot slammed into a sprinkler head. And I broke my foot. I just, I had all this adrenaline through me. I was naked. I was like, (laughs) I got to get out of here. And I had no idea that I broke my foot. So we sprint back. We steal JJ's clothes. We did not make it far. Like I said, he has like weird strides. (laughs) So... Uh, we get back to the house and I start to realize my foot hurts and I was like I was pretty bummed out and so I was complaining about it we're all sitting around and long story short I have Zach Galifianakis' phone number because somebody who was friends with him back in the day had it and he gave it to me as a parting gift when he was no longer working with us whatever Mm -hmm. so I had it I had it for maybe like six months and had never done anything with it Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're too scared. We're waiting for the right opportunity. I thought the right opportunity was 2 a.m. on a Tuesday. Who wouldn't? Honestly, what better time for Zachy G to answer the cell phone? Yeah, and he did, which I was so surprised by. Huh? We, we honestly thought it was... Okay, so we had several thoughts going through this. Number one, this is not actually Zach Elfinox's phone number, and this person who gave it to me was pranking me the whole time. Number two, if it is Zach's phone number, it's just going to go straight to voicemail and we're never going to hear from this man. <laughs> number three, which nobody thought of and which actually happened, is he answered the phone. <laughs> I froze because I was like, what? Because when he answered, it was so obviously him. We panicked. Oh, yeah. It, it was his voice. There was no way no that night. it wasn't him. I threw my phone on JJ and he looked at me and he mouthed, what do you want me to do? And I mouthed, speak so he's like oh hi and Zach's like hello he goes yeah hey what's up <laughs> and Zach just kind of chuckled he goes who is this and JJ was like uh Jeff I met you at a comedy club and Zach goes I don't think that's true and he hung up and it was a 14 second long conversation the best 14 second long conversation of our lives it was amazing and then i think i tried calling him again when we were on spring break in las vegas and he didn't answer but i left him a very long voicemail that i don't remember anything of and now have you ever tried to call it again no we're not doing it we're not doing it we should do it right now oh my god i don't know what's gonna happen first like This podcast getting mediocre attention or me getting a restraining order from Zach Galifianakis? I'm just saying it wouldn't be bad. <laughs> Either way, good good publicity, bad publicity is all good publicity. Yeah, we could pitch ourselves as the podcast that got a restraining order from Zach Galifianakis. Exactly. Karen Kilgariff will really appreciate it because oh, they're friends. Exactly right. Network, we're coming for you. Oh man, she just took another one. <laughs> Do you want one? I'm like, I'm good for now. Thank you though. Annika drinks like once a year. I do. I drink like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always thinks I'm pregnant because I'm never drinking. <laughs> like, oh, she just got married. <laughs> Let's see. Must be the baby. Yeah. 
if right. you know how you're gonna know I'm pregnant is I'll miss me like at the bar sipping red wine. <laughs> <laughs> like this one glass, the doctor said it was okay. It's cool. I'm a product of somebody who drank while pregnant, so yeah. you know. <laughs> so we're all of our parents. It's fine. We're all okay. My mom was a child, so I mean, she wasn't that like she really could legally drink, but she didn't care to. Yeah. My mom, she wasn't like an alcoholic boozing. <laughs> Nancy, if you're listening, you're not, but if you're listening, I love you. And you drink maybe like a glass every now and then of wine. Because any doctors say you can have like one glass of wine a day. Interesting podcast does not stand by that. Do not sue us if you do that and your child has fetal alcohol. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying that's what quote, quote, they say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We're just going to throw all of our sources out there right now so yeah, they don't come for us. Wikipedia, OBS, History.com, Smithsonian Channel. Dot com. Drinks, com. Crime and Prohibition. Britannica.com, Prohibition. Wikipedia, Bureau of Prohibition. History.com, Dave Bruce, How Prohibition Put Organized Crime in... Wait, Put the Organized and Organized Crime. Also, Dave Bruce, just like, let's have a heart-to-heart because like... The interesting podcast is your biggest fan. Honestly, we have not done this intentionally, but we've realized that we reference a lot of your articles. Can we get our notes to at him? Oh, yeah. Do that. We, when we research, your articles come up a lot, and apparently you talk about a lot of the things that we want to talk about. Let's see what his Twitter bio says. Like, what do you think he's, like, <laughs> writer of interesting things? <laughs> <laughs> What is prohibition? This sounds like all bad wedding <laughs> speeches. What's the dictionary defines love as? No. The Encyclopedia Britannica defines it as the legal prevention of the manufacture, sale, and transportation of alcoholic beverages in the United States from 1920 to 1933 under the terms of the 18th Amendment. Okay, I do want to point out here, manufacture, sale, transportation. Nowhere in here does it say consumption. consumption. So, a lot of it kind of revolves around that. Uh, let's get into the history of Prohibition. What led to it is a big question. So, we have their social moralists. So, slavery ended after the Civil War and... Social moralists devoted a lot of their attention to moral issues such as Mormon polygamy and temperance. Now, I have a hard time hating on these people because of their role in the abol- uh, their role in the abolishment of slavery. Definitely a great thing there. But is polygamy really hurting anybody? <laughs> I'm listening to the last podcast on the left's Mormonism thing. And I'm just saying, it did. <laughs> oh, it did? Okay. Well, anyway, I'm just trying to say, like, at this point, it just sounds like the 19th to 20th century versions of people wanting to be the victims simply because they don't agree with something. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So we have your social moralists. We have religion. So the United States experienced a religious revivalism in the 1820s and 1830s, which just continued on for another century. Massachusetts. This state in 1838 passed a temperance law which banned the sale of spirits in quantities of 15 gallons or less. Which, like, <laughs> so much. If you want to party, just, you know, get 16 gallons of liquor and you're fine. You're well within your right. Uh, 
the importance of this though is that like, even though it was repealed two years later, it set the precedent for the actual 18th Amendment. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> Vanguard <laughs> Amendment or something. Van something. Another contributor to Prohibition were women. So they were big leaders in the temperance movement as alcohol was seen as destructive in homes. And this is why they didn't let them vote. <laughs> I wrote that when I was sober. It's so like my judgment of what is morally right and wrong is when I'm drunk. What? And the women's suffrage really was them suffering because they couldn't have wine. At the end of the <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, then we have the Anti-Saloon League, which was established in 1893. And they began attacking the sale of alcohol. My God. Okay. Oh. Alcohol. They began attacking the sale of alcohol in 1906 due to the rise of urban growth and evangelical protestantism that was good say that five times fast right now (laughs) evangelical protestantism evangelical protestantism see some of us are lightweights some of us are heavyweights and it's fine i'm still carrying a little holiday weight (laughs) (laughs) she was just downing baby food earlier though so she's on that that todd food diet (laughs) we're gonna make it a thing Anyway, the Anti-Saloon League looked down on saloon culture. And a lot of it, too, was kind of xenophobic because it was all of these immigrants that were coming in. And, um... Like, alcohol was, like, a larger part of their lives. Exactly. Yeah. Factory owners. So they supported prohibition due to lack of efficiency and accidents caused by the drinking culture of factory workers. And so much of this comes down to... The entire culture that surrounded factory workers back in this time, they'd break for lunch and they'd go to places where they'd give you free alcohol with the purchase of soup or something like that. It was <laughs> insane. Here's your salt water. Enjoy your beer. Right. Or it was the other way around. I think it's like if you purchase a beer, you get free soup. I don't know. <laughs> but basically, the culture was that you go out during lunch and you would put back like three to four beers and you go back to work and so that increased a lot of injuries that would happen and efficiency wasn't as great and then this is also the time in the rise of the automobile too so henry ford was actually a big proponent of prohibition you live in detroit you need it also though you have to consider the fact that these people who were big proponents of it were also like i don't have to adhere to the rules Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very true and then also World War One, in an effort to save grain for the use of food production, President Woodrow Wilson imposed a temporary prohibition in 1917. But later that year, the 18th Amendment was submitted by Congress, which wanted to ban the sale, manufacture, and transportation of alcohol. There was a seven-year time limit to get this through, but it was approved by three-quarters of the U.S. states in just 11 months. My goodness. So then on January 29th, 1919... <laughs> 1919. <laughs> I was scratching my nose. I don't know why I plugged it. Anyway. Okay. You lock it up. Hmm. It's great. Everything's great. The prohibition is hilarious. <laughs> All right. It's like the potato famine. <laughs> We're not allowed to laugh about that. We're not Irish. Okay, so on January 29th, 1919, the 18th Amendment was ratified and went into effect the following year. By this time, 33 states had already enacted their own prohibition legislation. 
What a time. Like, we live in a time where everyone's making weed legal. They lived in a time where booze was being made illegal. Wow. Okay. Great. You're going to pass this law. Who's going to enforce it? Well, that was my job to research enforcing prohibition. So if it's incorrect, you can just at me instead of Annika. Her phone number is... (laughs) Okay. Uh, Prohibiting the manufacture, sale, and transportation of alcohol called for an entirely new task force to enforce the new law of the lands. And so the Bureau of Prohibition, or the Prohibition Unit, was born under the umbrella of the Bureau of Internal Revenue. Just one more reason. They hate the IRS. Wait. I know. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It was a weird time. I'm sure there were a lot less bureaus in the U.S. government. It actually makes sense because I think the 16th Amendment has to do with taxation. Mm-hmm. It's income tax. Mm-hmm. And this because of that, they were like, we no longer need the tax. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they no longer needed the tax from the sale of alcohol. Uh-huh. So they were able to be like, yo. Here you go. Here you go. I don't. Did that make sense to you? Because it made sense to me. It didn't, but I'm here for it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they don't have to tax alcohol anymore because they have income tax now. Oh, were they passed around the same time? Yeah, 16th Amendment was income tax, I and think. It was passed. At me if you want. Okay, whatever. Yeah, what she said. That's what she said? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was then bounced over to the Department of Treasury and then the Department of Justice, which makes the most sense. Okay, so it ended up where it should be. Yeah. The department agents were tasked with taking down illegal bootlegging rings and become notorious in cities like New York City and Chicago for raiding many popular nightclubs. Because, like, how can you have a nightclub without booze? Do you um, remember being, like, 18 and you could go to, like, the church here in Denver? <laughs> I never actually went. Did Uh-oh. you? I went to the Grizzly Rose and got big X's on my hand. X's on the back of your hands. Wash them in the back. Like that was 303. They were talking about the Grizzly Rose. Oh, my gosh. We just uncovered some stuff here, but okay. Um, <laughs> agents were often undertrained and employed at horribly low wages, um, which produced a breeding ground for department corruption. Notable agents included Isidore, Izzy, Einstein, not a girl. And not an Einstein either. <laughs> not an Einstein either. I mean, look that up. Um, not that we care about the binary. I was just letting you people know that it wasn't like there was a badass woman prohibition agent. I think there still were, but we didn't research. No, yeah, them. there were women prohibition agents, but this wasn't one of them. Um, and Mo Smith. Not a. He's a Will Smith. Whoa. And Will Smith, no, Mo Smith, who also wasn't a girl, who were responsible for 4,932 arrests while confiscating over 5 million bottles of alcohol in New York City, which is kind of like my weekend in Lake McConaughey over 4th of July. 5 million. Right? I would, I would believe it. Um, so the Untouchables were an elite group of agents dedicated to the takedown of Al Capone. They were seen as not easily corrupted and without fear of the ruthless mob surrounding the Capones. Through their effort, Capone was indicted on 5,000 separate violations of prohibition laws. 
Which were never actually prosecuted. Of course they're not. Well, they went after him for tax evasion instead. So this just lets you know that no matter your illegal activity, claim your income. <laughs> just saying. More on that later. So the effects of prohibition. The main effect of prohibition was that it didn't really work. I mean, it was definitely harder for a lot of people to get alcohol, but it wasn't impossible. People quickly found loopholes in the new laws, plus an entire black market for alcohol emerged. This black market consisted of bootleggers, speakeasies, and distilling operations. But the biggest thing of all to emerge from this was organized crime, which developed as a means to coordinate the manufacture and distribution of alcohol. Corruption in law enforcement, as Paige talked about, became very prominent as they were commonly bought off to keep on the si- to be kept on the side of the criminals. And also, alcohol was the fifth largest industry in America at this time, so ultimately the prohibition was detrimental to the economy as many people lost their jobs. All right, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Alto's 100% Agave. Tequila! If you're feeling bajo, drink Alto's tequila. Did that hot boy unhinged ghost you? Tequila! Are Alexa and Siri the only people who will talk to you? Tequila! Are you trying to record a podcast on prohibition? (laughs) (laughs) We're keeping it. We're keeping it. (laughs) Tequila! This ad is in no way sponsored by Los Altos, our parents, significant others, or Apple and Spotify. Please drink responsibly. Nailed it. Crush it. All right, I'm going to take this. You want any of it? I'll take half. You'll take half. Annika will take half. Annika will take half. I hope I don't die tomorrow. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Just in case, can you send me the pod bean login? <laughs> now that we've had a word from our sponsors, organized crime and prohibition. <laughs> That's right. The prohibition of booze gave way to one of the biggest illegal crime industries in history. America's already had a taste for alcohol, mood. So, by removing it, the desire, and in some cases, need, mood. I'm totally just joking, by the way. <laughs> For the substance, and no, it disappeared overnight. And where there is a demand in such high quantity, there will be a supply. And so birth, organized crime. Prior to Prohibition, organized crime was a foreign concept to America. There were, of course, the everyday street thugs who belonged to small-time gangs in different metropolitan areas, but nothing that required the level of organization the movement of alcohol caused. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> This is taking way more concentration than I anticipated. You got this page. We're almost done. All right. Considering the illegal manufacture and sale of alcohol required a whole lot more than waving a gun in the face of a store shop owner, the gangs who dared to enter the trade had to get smart and organized pretty fast. Some of the things this business required were acquisition of equipment and real estate to make alcohol and supplies. Sorry, I forgot about that. Shipping methods and organization to ensure rival gangs and prohibition agents did not commandeer the lot. Acquisition of city real estate for speakeasies. Guards to protect the illegal breweries, shipments, and speakeasies. Allotment of cash to pay off prohibition agents, cops, politicians, and anyone else who threatened the, the bootlegging. 
employment of lawyers and accountants to help launder money. Probably more, probably more that I don't know because I'm not a crime boss. <laughs> Goals, right? Crime boss is a ability to do all of all of that led to what is now known as organized crime. It happens with various different businesses these days, everything from heroin to illegal weaponry. Just watch The Wire for a more in-depth look at how high this goes. <laughs> I swear it's true. Every season, The Wire goes like from very micro to macro, and like I never finish it because Ryan Burrell, if you're listening dead to me, ruined it and told me something from the end wasn't that i was like revenge for breaking up with him it was and he broke up with me and he still said it <laughs> it's fine, you're fine. Like caressing the breathalyzer right now <laughs> there is a breathalyzer <laughs> in play here let's talk money show me the money 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 i'm just testing a bunch of different ones to see what's gonna work best <laughs> what triggers you Show you gotta do it if you're gonna say show me the money, you gotta go show me the money. Ow, what Paige said. So, anytime I hear about organized crime or even cartels, I'm like, nah, not for me. But then I find out how much money they bring in, and I'm like, where do I send my resume? <laughs> like Paige said, okay, I'm just gonna pause. Pablo Escobar had a zoo. How cool is that? The fact that he had a zoo, he once burned a million dollars to keep his daughter warm at night. Exactly. Unpause. So, like Paige said, even though there was a big old law against alcohol, there was still a demand. Probably more so now because when you tell people they can't have something, they want it more. The big king bang. Guys. The big. King bang. The big king bang. <laughs> got worse. How did it get worse? So the big kingpins, the Ooh, big kingpins, good. like Capone, were raking in $100 million a year from their operations, okay? So let's talk today's money. Today's money, $100 million a year, is $1.4 billion. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Just Bezos. Jeff Bezos, move over. Man. Love to be going through a divorce with Al Capone right now. <laughs> Just have you sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> That's true. I don't think I'd want to go through a divorce. No, with I don't Al think you'd survive. <laughs> Lots of money. They didn't get to keep it all, though. Each month, half a million went into the pockets of policemen, politicians, and federal investigators as bribes. Now that you have all this cash money, what are you supposed to do with it? You gotta launder it. Okay? So. This forced organized crime to get even more organized, giving Marie Kondo a run for her money. <laughs> the mob had underworld accountants who would send their money to brokers in Switzerland. Which, like, by the way, Switzerland, like, why? How did you get this rep? <laughs> anyway. So they'd send the money to brokers in Switzerland who would then reinvest the cash into legitimate businesses. And then in 1931, Nevada legalized gaming, and so they put a ton of money into new hotels and casinos. So thank you, because that pays all my taxes. <laughs> She's like, I have no income tax. You're welcome. <laughs> state. Oh, Yep. No state income tax. Don't move here, though. <sighs> Don't turn it into Colorado. Uh-uh. But if you're a dum-dum like Al Capone, you were arrested on tax evasion charges. So don't do that, okay? 
So once Prohibition ended, the mob was no longer raking it in from alcohol sales and redirected their businesses towards prostitution, drugs, and gambling. Alcohol was back and laundering and the black market business practices. Practices? Practices. We're here to stay. Now, for the character you've all been waiting for. The bad daddy of America's political family. She's ad-libbing this right now. I am. You're welcome. ESPN, hit me up. <laughs> or Barcel. I really think I have a good sports podcast idea. Anyways, the Kennedys. Yeah. So. Maybe this will make you all stop naming your daughters Kennedy. It's true. It is a very popular name. So, as for the Kennedys. <laughs> Famed gangsters Meyer, Langsy, and Frank Costello often spoke about working with Joseph B. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, and Bobby Kennedy's father during Prohibition. Accusations range from Kennedy helping smuggle rum into Long Island to simply serving him liquor at an NYC nightclub, which I think is way more the likely of the two. Mm -hmm. However, the most recent and most thoroughly researched biography on Joseph Kennedy suggests that there is no actual evidence to any of these claims and that it was probably just done for publicity or in hopes of leniency by the judicial system. Turns out he was just a quote quote legit businessman who made his fortune on the backs of millions who suffered during the start I'm gonna redo that because it's so poignant. Turns out he was just a legit businessman who had made his fortune on the backs of millions who suffered after the stock market crash and subsequent depression. Smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) You did it. I'm so proud. Thanks. He's not the only one, but like a lot of shitty people during this time. Because here's the thing. Right after... Talking to your microphone. Talking to your microphone. (laughs) Right after... Right after Prohibition. (laughs) Right after Prohibition. Real angry monsters. <laughs> Remember that show? Ah! Real, real monsters. <laughs> Damn, I missed my mark. I got too excited. I honestly didn't expect you to remember it. That's okay. Mm hmm. The weird <laughs> arms on the eyeball. <laughs> He's holding him up. That's right. Actually, it wasn't Ickis. That was someone else. Ickis was like the like platypus. You're way ahead of me in just knowing the name. Mm-hmm. Is that the only one you know or do you know more? I guess. Yeah, I didn't say that. Okay, I was going to be real impressed real, but I'm not anymore. I got a kiss. That's it. So like speaking of government <laughs> unless you're listening. You're not you're totally listening. We talk about this theory way too often on this podcast. <laughs> I know we do. It's not a purpose. We're not conspiracy theorists. There's one employee at the CIA who's in charge of listening to our podcast. <laughs> and he hates us. He mostly sleeps during the day. He wants to make a one-star review on us. And he's going to write, would have given zero stars if I could. <laughs> oh, <that was> so good. <laughs> okay. But yeah, government employee, this is what... Your boss used to do. All right? Suck it. <laughs> nope. Not my intro. <laughs> uh, Pick a side. There's rumors that the government was poisoning U.S. citizens during the Prohibition. So let's get into that and see whether or not that was true. And here we go. 
So a lot of alcohol was smuggled in through Canada via the Great Lakes, as well as coming in through overseas shipments from Europe and the Caribbean. Industrial alcohol was very important to industry because it was in everything, such as perfumes and laundry detergent, but it was also a key ingredient in moonshine. And Listerine. And Listerine. Shipments of industrial alcohol were starting to get rerouted to the speakeasies and quickly became the primary source of illegal alcohol. So on Christmas Day 1926, a man was running through the streets of New York claiming that Santa Claus was chasing him with a baseball bat. I mean, it's Christmas. He was probably just trying to give him his present. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there, okay? <laughs> so now he's on the naughty list. He's on the naughty list, and because of that, he collapsed and he died. Oh, my gosh. 66 people ended up dying that Christmas Day. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, the medical examiner concluded that each of these deaths were attributed to additives in the industrial alcohol that had been demanded by the federal government to make it less appealing to drink. Interesting facts. <laughs> so, methyl alcohol is one of those additives, which is a substance that is broken down by the body into various poisonous compounds. And the poisoning of industrial alcohol by the U.S. government was the cause of at least 10,000 deaths nationwide. Have they ever, like taken responsibility for any of this the video i watched did not copy <laughs> all right i get but it in next week's don't have me moment <laughs> i'll let you know i think that's that's it though that's all of our research we did and then it was repealed in like 33 1933 yeah because the government was like yeah we need those tax dollars a because the depression is actually depressing and be like, y'all got a drink because this is a hard time for all of us. Exactly. Everyone was like, all right, I guess we're a little bit more empathetic. And also, it's the only way that we can get rid of organized crime. But it didn't work. We have stories from you all. Some of you guys think you have really amazing drunk stories when you don't. <laughs> so if we're not including you, it's not because we don't love you. It's because your stories suck. <laughs> and when you hear the stories that have that are following you'll know why they're honestly like but don't get like your hopes up like i'm not gonna talk about well you're gonna get weird so i don't know it might get weird i don't know there's always the nfl wedding where i double fisted the entire night made the girls from high school who hated me love me by the end of the night fake boobs were felt touch them laid on the chase lounge in a bathroom in a hotel with sierra telling her how much i loved her before Paige and alex question mark told me we were leaving <laughs> it was true took the reception to a bar where Paige immediately sent me home only to find me hugging the cement furniture in Biz's backyard oh I w- my gosh I forgot about that that's true <laughs> I woke up like a mummy in Paige's bed on top of the comforter no phone no wallet so wait she woke up like a mummy, but on top of the comforter. So she have the sheets wrapped. I think her? that I had given her a blanket. And she had somehow like mummified, mummified herself throughout the night. Amazing. Yeah. Um, no phone, no wallet. Walked from the front door around back to where my heels, phone, and wallet were perfectly placed on the table. A week later, I randomly blurted out, "Was it a silver Jeep Grand Cherokee you sent me home in?" <laughs> no idea what that poor Uber driver had to deal with. Our next step is shockingly anonymous anyways um when i was drunk in vegas i threw up on the flower pot table when you get off the elevator and locked myself out of the room so i called my dad back in colorado and then had him call the caesar's palace security to come let this drunk bitch into her room 
Then I passed out on the <laughs> I passed out on the phone over the toilet and my phone fell in, so I had no phone the whole rest of Vegas trip. That was the first night, by the way. Damn tequila. Oh my gosh. We feel you. Tequila. Tequila. <laughs> if you're feeling Bajo, drink Alto. <laughs> Okay, that was good. Oh my god. Um, tell me. This one was all it says is stole a fire extinguisher from a building in CU, sprayed Annika. <laughs> this is a true fact. Yeah. Um, my friend and I were intoxicated one night, and everybody was out of the bars, but he and I were like, we're not into this, so we decided to walk back, and. We passed the CU engineering building, which was shockingly still open at 2 a.m. on a Friday night. It's because it's a torture building. Mm-hmm. And we walked in, and there was a fire extinguisher, and he was like, I'm taking this. <laughs> okay. And I th- he also took a, a roll of trash bags, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and then we went up to this hill, and then we rolled the trash bags down the hill, and we thought we could like slide down it but physics just no it didn't work <laughs> so then instead he sprayed me with a fire extinguisher and i couldn't breathe because it like does something to the oxygen in the air <laughs> i think mean, that's the point and it suffocates it yeah that's <laughs> almost died thank you sir <laughs> i got my revenge anyway <laughs> so loaded <laughs> i can read it i'm i can I got I understand it. her. You got it? <laughs> you wanted it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. I was drunk bowling and threw a gutter ball and was unaware the lanes were slicked up. So I went after it and fell immediately after crossing the non-slick to slick barrier, severely hurting my tailbone. But I was on a mission, so I got the ball <laughs> and scooted back to retake my turn. Now it hurts with every step. <laughs> she sent this right after it happened. And I'm just trying to picture somebody like those lanes are super like I'm just trying to imagine somebody running after the ball falling but still catching the ball and then not being able to stand up and just having to scoot their way back. I feel like someone needs to give her a softball contract. I agree. Respect. All right. So this one is from another anonymous person. So Caught a flight out to Cabo at 6 a.m. and started drinking. Next thing I know, I wake up in my bed, and it's 1 a.m. My buddy was shaking my foot, asking me where we were. I walked out on the balcony and realized we were in Mexico. Found my wallet at the bottom of the pool the next day. Didn't remember a thing. That's amazing. Aspirational. Oh, man. If you could just black out the traveling aspect, sometimes (laughs) that's that's all you need. I feel like I put up, like, a barrier when i go traveling where i'm like nah i'm not gonna get that i'm not gonna try to die so i mean i don't drink that much these days but it used to this is gonna sound horrible i don't condone binge drinking especially to the point of blackout but i used to like dream of the time i could just wake up and be in a totally different country and be like how the hell did i get here because i thought it would be a really cool story that's what happened this human i think they're a little bit more frightened about it than i think if it actually happened to you you would be like where's my passport where is the nearest 12 September program? <laughs> I need a sponsor. <laughs> All right. Okay. 21st birthday. Standard stupid stuff. I believe I had 24 drinks. Or something ridiculous like that. So I was absolutely hammered. 
First thing I did was throw up off a roof deck onto the street below. Not my finest barf. (laughs) This is the only time I actually blacked out drunk because I don't remember anything from the taxi ride home. All I know is I woke up the next morning with a big gash on my forehead. Apparently, when we got back to the house, I picked up a branch that had fallen off of a tree and tried to break it in half with my head. I also woke up under my bed. <laughs> That's about it. Um, you guys, thank you. Thanks for being with us. Um, like in theory, this episode was good. We will only find out how good Annika's editing is. Yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing. If this episode sucks, we're going to re-record it sober. Yeah. And we're going to have a blooper reel. It's going to be fire for me and Paige <laughs> at the very least. We'll think it's hysterical. Yeah. Um. My mom will probably, like, start sending me flyers for rehab. <laughs> uh, We don't have a listener question for you for the next one because we already recorded the next one. So it's great. Don't even worry about it. So that's it. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope that you drink with us. We should have done a drinking game. We could take a shot every time we say the word like. And then All right. it might have been so I really don't think it was that bad. It probably wasn't that bad. <laughs> but we love you guys. Please maybe this isn't the episode to go <laughs> review. Honestly, I think it was really funny. I think so too. If you think it was funny, go review it. If you think it was trash, just like go to the next one if you think that we should do more episodes while drunk let us know yeah if you think that we should never drink again <laughs> keep it to yourself is getting botox soon so she can drink more recreationally hopefully hopefully and i'm gonna look so young, young. where do you get it down in your temples you get it in your forehead and your neck and your back i'm just like mouth open like <sighs> yeah and insurance covers it allegedly yeah if i were to go get botox for cosmetic purposes right now just the forehead so i'm like oh insurance will cover this sure go for it so if she looks more than seven months younger than me let me know that i've got to get botox too but for non-medicinal purposes (laughs) and also let me know if i need a boob job apparently Thanks, guys. Keep it interesting. (laughs) Bye. Love Love you guys. Bye. Welcome.